and you got everything ready to go, we'll go ahead and get started in with the introduction and everything. Sounds good. Okay. All right. So good afternoon, everyone. I'm Craig Caskey, not Laurel Lyles or Maggie Matushka with the chamber. I am uh, with Alliance Compressors. I am filling in as guest host this afternoon. And we've got Larkin Simpson here from Cleta. Uh, and before we start, I wanted to let everybody know if you have any questions that's during the presentation, um, and just use the, the chat feature and just kind of send them out there. Larkin's going to pause from time to time and we'll be uh, uh, asking for questions and I'll relay them to him. Uh, so without further ado, we'll start with the introduction. All right, so uh, Larkin Simpson with Cleta. So Larkin is the division leader of the major employers division of the Central Louisiana Economic Development Alliance a nonprofit organization dedicated to creating more and better economic opportunities in central Louisiana. Kalita focuses on business recruitment, retention and expansion, workforce development, entrepreneurial development and regional innovation. Prior to joining Kalita in 2017, Simpson, a Cleveland, Mississippi native, led the Economic Development Authority of Jones County, Mississippi and Jones County Chamber of Commerce as a vice president. Holding a master's degree in economic development with an emphasis in technology-led economic development from the University of Southern Mississippi and a bachelor's degree from Delta State University, Larkin has been recognized both on a state and southeastern regional level for his many accomplishments in economic and community development, leadership development, marketing and advertising, and organizational management. In addition to his economic achievements, Larkin also received his economic development finance professional certification from the National Development Council, as well as his Institute for Organizational Management Certification from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Without further ado, Larkin Simpson. Thank you, Craig. I really appreciate it. Um, let me get set up here real quick. Assume y'all can see my screen. Yes. Good deal. All right. So um, I'm going to talk to y'all today about an ad campaign we ran and, and are currently running. But before the, I do that, first I want to, thing I want to do is I want to make sure, I, you know, I really want to thank the Louisiana Young Professionals Conference uh, organizers uh, for allowing me to do this and thank the other presenters who, who uh, y'all heard throughout the week and, and will continue to hear. Um, you know, this is a great discussion. Uh, Craig and I were talking about it earlier. Uh, anytime you can have your young professionals get together or young in the profession get together and kind of have that conversation about, uh, you know, stepping out and investing in your future and investing in uh, your profession and investing in others, it, it's really a good thing to move us forward. You know, we don't always recognize uh, how important it is that, that when we're young in our professions, um, you know, to invest and seek knowledge and to, to uh, get advice and find peer groups and mentors. And so I really appreciate y'all doing this. Thanks, you know, thankfully the NACDES Young Professionals put this together. And so um, this is a really good thing. So thank y'all for participating. And thank y'all for letting me be a part of it. Um, so like I said, uh, I am going to talk to you about an ad campaign we developed at, Cle at Cleta called our We Make Good Stuff campaign. Uh, it's a pride of place campaign that instills, hopefully instills in our people uh, in the region and in, uh, you know, a number of good things that are happening in our community. Uh, and, and 
success stories that we celebrate and we tell others about, I use it to recruit and to market with. And so it, it's a good thing for us. Uh, and hopefully through that, you'll get some value out of it as well. So I'm going to walk you through the how and the why and the who and all the specifics of the campaign. But I hope what you get out of this uh, as an emerging professional, as a young professional in your, your field or, or in your career, um, I hope what you get out of it is the true authentic story and how to tell that story and why telling your story, um, <clears throat> you know, it makes it you and there's nobody else who can do you as well as you do. Uh, and, you know, I think that's a Dr. Seuss or Mr. Rogers quote, but anyway, you know, you know, you need to promote yourself and you need to promote your story. And we'll walk through that a little bit. A couple other things that I want to do, uh, like Craig said, uh, I'm going to hit on some things, but I'm not always going to uh, have slides for everything and I'm not going to have um, stopping points. So if you have questions, of course, do the uh, send Craig a message in the chat and we'll, we'll get to it. And I want to have time at the end for questions, but uh, some of the things I want to talk about. So the power of telling a visual compelling story, you know, authenticity, what happens when you try to fake it, your growth and journey as professional, uh, your personal brand and how it affects everything you touch as an individual and the companies you represent. Uh, I'll give, give you some thoughts about things that have helped me in my career and my growth. Uh, hopefully there'll be some things that you want to think about and may want to look into. Uh, and then finally, I'll, uh, like I said, I'll have questions, time for questions at the end. Uh, so uh, I'm going to give this presentation to Maggie and Laura. Uh, they have my contact info. Uh, Kelly knows how to get to me. But if any of y'all have any questions after this or you think of something later on, feel free to contact me. I'll be glad to talk to you about anything I've talked about today or anything else. I'm glad to do that anytime uh, somebody young in the professional is looking for advice. So um, without further ado, I'll start. So uh, Craig gave an intro to Kalita, but just kind of re-hit what we are and what we do. So Kalita is the Central Louisiana Economic Development Alliance. We're one of eight regional economic development organizations in the state of Louisiana. We happen to operate in the parishes of Allen, of Wolves, Catahoula, Concordia, Grant, LaSalle, Natchitoches, Rapids, Vernon, and Wynn. Cletus' primary mission is to increase income, build wealth, and to attract more growth, attract and grow more high-quality jobs for the people of the 10 parish Central Louisiana region. We do this through the recruitment of business from outside the area and outside the region, uh, through expansions and growth of industries which already are here and already exist, and through the encouragement of entrepreneurship. Manufacturing and forest products are two of our primary areas of focus because of their availability to exponentially grow and have an impact beyond their operational footprint. In addition to our targeted industries, we also work with farmers and food systems. We work with craftspeople and makers. We work with entrepreneurs and we work in workforce development as the interface between higher education and business. And so, uh, those are the areas we kind of focus in. We do some other things. We do outdoor recreation and, and we delve into a, a bunch of different areas, but those are kind of our main things. You know, in, in central Louisiana, we believe that we're where good stuff is made from Tide Pods and tank cars to two by fours and OSB sheets, electric substations and fishing lures, letterpress stationery and Cypress armoires. The region's most recent Ink Magazine 1000 company is a maker who designs, designs and fabricates 
and markets metal home goods throughout the country. The coders are one of the reasons boutique software firms makes the world's most downloaded ticketing app. And it's right here in central Louisiana. Here's where residents work with their hands, their hearts, their intelligence and creativity. The region's identity as makers is the thread that weaves through everything and binds the region together. Making good stuff is at the core of who we are. So let's talk about the campaign. Uh, when I got to Central Louisiana a little over three years ago, I was looking around and I was learning about the area and I was learning about the region and the companies that are here. And there were all these amazing stories about uh, the products being made here, the people who were from here, the people here, and just the, the things that they were doing day in and day out. And I'd ask people that I'd run into, you know, about the companies and about what was made and people just really didn't know much about what was here. You know, they might know somebody who worked for the company, but they didn't really understand what the company did or they didn't, you know, they'd see the smokestack or they'd see the building, but they didn't really know what happened behind the walls. And so because recruiting and promoting is, is dear, dear to me and it's my primary focus, I wanted those stories to get out. And I wanted craftspeople and the tradespeople and the makers uh, to be able to share their stories of amazing work that they do every day. And so I had a vision of the story that needed to be told. And I had a vision of what I wanted people to understand. And that was that we make, that making good stuff is what I want people to remember about central Louisiana. So um, fast forward a little bit, you know, this project uh, doesn't just happen on its own and it didn't happen on its own. And it certainly wasn't me and, and uh, alone. It took a lot of people and it took a lot of conversation, a lot of talented people with vision to make it better than what even I saw it could be. So most of that started with this guy right here. Uh, and if y'all don't know him, this is Wayne Mullins. He's the owner, CEO, the head, the guru, the chief creative, whatever you want to call him for Ugly Mug Marketing. Uh, one of the things, the reason why I bring up Wayne is for you guys as young and professional and young professionals, um, I really enjoy working with Wayne and the way he looks at a project and a conversation. And I think it's very important for us as we grow in our careers because the thing that I learned from Wayne is Wayne doesn't say yes and Wayne doesn't say no. Um, he asks a ton of questions and he does that both because he wants to understand the client and where the client is and their needs, but he also wants you as the client to think through and have to really examine exactly what it is that you're asking this project or this campaign or this artwork to do and the emotion you want behind it. And so after all these questions and all this conversation, Wayne simply says, well, let me think about it. And that's kind of it. That's how we, he ends the meeting. And so then um, three or four days will pass and Wayne will come back and he goes, okay, I've got some ideas. And so he'll come back with a bunch of ideas and he'll come back with options. And uh, sometimes those options and those ideas will take you what, what you talked about and they'll say, okay, this is how we move this forward. And then there are other times where he'll take those ideas and options and say, okay, what you did was crap. So we're going to start over and this is how we're going to do this moving forward. And, and really makes your project and your process evolve and it makes it a lot better. And so I, I like that, that he doesn't just, you know, he doesn't just say the customer is always right. Uh, he does it very respectfully, but he says, okay, I understand what you want to get to, and this is how we're going to do it. And so uh, that's helpful, and I think it may be helpful for you guys. So 
with, uh, you know, after going around and around with Wayne and, and his guys and his team, um, we had an idea of what we wanted to do. We had an idea of the feeling and the message that we wanted to uh, share. We knew the emotion and the effect that we wanted this campaign to have. Um, but we weren't exactly sure how to put it all together. So it took a little time to do that. But through collaboration with uh, Ugly Mug and uh, through LED, which is the state's economic development uh, entity, uh, you know, we got this project funded. Uh, and so we're now we're in our fifth set of videos that will be released a little bit later in the fall. Um, and before I show you the, the end product and the videos, kind of want to talk a little bit more about how this idea came about and what it means to craft our authentic story. So um, the original idea for, for a Pride of Place campaign is not exactly new. Uh, it's something I've been dabbling in and kicking around uh, in my previous life, as Greg said, uh, as a Chamber of Commerce Director. Um, in 2014, I had the opportunity to meet Andrew Davis as he was uh, in Laurel, Mississippi, as he was doing research for a book he was writing. And uh, the book is, is Town Inc. Uh, and, and Town Inc. unpacks this link between building a booming business and growing a, a prosperous town. And so... In Andrew's mind and what his book, the premise of his book is about to do that, to build a, a, a booming business and to build a prospering town, you market the town uh, as passionately as you market the building. So if you want to revitalize your town, if you want to grow your town, you've got to market it as if you're doing that for a business. And so um, there's a lot of steps to go into that, but sometimes for the future of a town, it's staking an audacious claim and then following through with it. And so uh, Andrew's book is excellent, but in chapter 13 particularly, uh, it, it really spoke to me because uh, he talks about the re rebirth of Detroit. And uh, <clears throat> the, the chapter is highlighted by the story of the owner of Fossil Watches is starting a new venture. And, and, he's, and he's starting this new company that's American made, it's Detroit made, it's luxury goods through the reviving of an old brand called Shinola. And so Shinola's marketing and the, and the entire ethos behind the brand, it's all about Detroit. And so the city's name is on every single uh, one of the products that they produce uh, and everything they sell. And Shinola markets the place where they do business as much as they promote if not more than the business that they do. And so um, one of the things from, from the company, this is, this is from their why, uh, why Detroit webpage. And so it says, why open a watch factory in Detroit? Why not accept that manufacturing is gone from America? Why not let the rust and the weeds finish what they started? Why not just embrace the area the era of disposability. And why didn't we buy a warmer coat before we moved here? Through three Detroit winters, we've asked ourselves these questions. And we work not to find our answer, but to build it. Because we don't think American manufacturer ever failed for being too good. Our worst didn't come when we were at our best. It happened when we thought good was good enough. It's a tall order to return to form, but we're up for it. We're starting with the reinvigoration of a storied American brand and a storied American city because we believe in the beauty of industry, the glory of manufacturing. 
We know there's not just history in Detroit, there's a future. That's why we're here, making an investment at skill, in skill at scale, creating a community that will thrive through excellence and craft and pride of work. Where will we reclaim the making of things that, where we will reclaim the making of things that are made well and define American luxury through American quality? And you can feel the weight of the words that they're sharing. And you can feel the grit and the tenacity in the brand that is Shinola and in the city that is Detroit. You know, that's the kind of corporate marketing that builds a sense of place. And that's the kind of marketing that creates location envy. It's the kind of powerful, powerful storytelling that opens the door to reinvention of Detroit as the luxury goods manufacturing capital of America. That's an audacious claim. You couple that with another message from another of Detroit's most fabled brands. In February 2011, when Shinola was in its infancy, Chrysler debuted a prophetic television commercial during the Super Bowl. It, started, it stars one of Detroit's most controversial modern icons, Eminem, the rapper Eminem. And the two minute ad shows a montage of Detroit's grip. It spot, the spot quits Detroit, its people, its iconic buildings, even the, even the crumbling infrastructure on the screen for everyone to see. And I remember watching it for the first time and it spoke to me. And I hope it, it, uh, if you haven't seen it, that it speaks to you. So give me a second while I pull it over here. I got a question for you. What does this city know about luxury? Huh? What does a town that's been to hell and back know about the finer things in life? Well, I'll tell you more than most. You see, it's the hottest fires that make the hardest steel. Add hard work and conviction and the know-how that runs generations deep in every last one of us. That's who we are. That's our story. Now, it's probably not the one you've been reading in papers one being written by folks who've never even been here and don't know what we're capable of. Because when it comes to luxury, it's as much about where it's from as who it's for. Now we're from America, but this isn't New York City, or the Windy City, or Sin City, and we're certainly no one's Emerald City. city this is what we do it's been almost nine years and that still gets me I still love watching that commercial so you know with Andrew's message of selling the community as much as you would sell your business and the idea of staking an audacious claim 
another piece of this marketing puzzle came together from another past experience. And if any of you are familiar with the HDTV show, Hometown, uh, I was able to work with the producers in the show from the very beginning because it's, it's set in Laurel, Mississippi. And so uh, Ben and Aaron are friends of ours and, and uh, you know, we're one of the first couples we met when we lived over there. Um, and as we were living there, we, the show kind of took off. And so we got to see it from, from kind of soup to nuts inside and out. And so um, in 2016, after the pilot had aired uh, and, and it really, we really saw that the show was going to make, um, Ben and Aaron and, and Jim and Mallory and Josh and Emily uh, all decided they were going to open the home goods store that accompanied the, the show. Uh, and the store is called Laura Mercantile. And in addition to the selection of American-made wares uh, that were chosen for the store, uh, the owners made an audacious claim that not only was it audacious, but it was also authentic to who they are. And it's something they truly believe and something they live out. And so Laurel Mercantile makes the claim that they buy products made in the USA because they're very serious about revitalizing small town America. And so in this commercial, uh, you'll see that played out. This is Laurel Machine and Foundry in Laurel, Mississippi. It employs 128 people. People. Shane is the best welder at the foundry. His brothers work here, and so does his dad. Carlos is a minister. John goes to church, most Sundays. Heavy is devoted to his job. Larry's son played for Laurel High School in the state championship. Charlotte makes the world's best punch bowl cake. Jerry holds the world record for anvil shooting, and Chuck served in the U.S. Army. The Malloy family has owned the foundry since 1911. One day, Sloan and Henry will be in charge. At Laurel Mercantile, we sell heirloom wares and durable goods that are made in the USA. Because if we're going to be serious about revitalizing small town America, then we have to be serious about making things in America to keep our hometown strong. So to bring this back to the marketing campaign and to, to kind of piece it all together, you know, we had this, men, this idea of what we wanted to do. And I knew I wanted to share these stories and I knew that I wanted to have this emotion and this connection to the craftspeople and the, the makers and the doers and just this authentic feel of, of message. And so we knew what we wanted to do. We knew we had the feeling, we knew we had the emotion and we had the team in place, but we needed those audacious claims, those authentic claims that, that only our people can make and only our factories and our, our manufacturers can make. And so um, we went around and we asked several of our, our industries, you know, what's, what's that thing that sets you apart from your competitors? Or what's that thing that makes your plant, uh, you know, the best plant in your system or in your corporate culture? And so uh, we, we started getting back these superlatives, things like we're a leading producer. Uh, you know, we are uh, the first in our industry to do this. We're the largest plywood manufacturing plant in North America. We're a global leader in this or that. 
um, you know, we're the fastest growing, we're the most influential. And so we had all of these, these numbers of stories, and we've certainly added to this list since we started. Um, but that's kind of where we came up with our audacious claims. And, and these are things, these are true. These are things that only our companies, and even though we may have some global companies, it's only the plants here in central Louisiana that can make these claims, not other plants within their systems. And so um, this is one of our videos and I hope you enjoy it. Define hard work. Is it what you put in or what you get out? We believe it's a choice and we choose to be makers. From tank cars and metal decor to plywood, Central Louisiana is redefining hard work. Our local workforce are the makers behind Royo Martin, the largest plywood manufacturing plant in the U.S. UTLX, one of the largest tank manufacturers in North America. Stella Jones, the U.S.'s leading supplier of wood utility poles and many more household names. With direct access to Class 1 railways, navigable waterways, and an international airport, Central Louisiana is the smart choice for making, finishing, and distributing to the world. So how do you define hard work? Central Louisiana, we make good stuff. And, you know, I have to think that this is this works for us because uh, I, obviously I've sent this around and it's on social media, but I've sent it around to a number of uh, site, site location consultants, the people who help companies decide where they're going to uh, locate a plant or locate a, a facility. And, uh, you know, when I'm, when I'm out and about, when we're not having COVID, but when I see these people, they're like, Central Louisiana, y'all make good stuff. And so uh, it, it's got that ring that people... Uh, react to and so that's been a, that's been a good experience for us you know um, one of the things that uh, that I found late last year was a, a book and an author um, and a professional who, who so eloquently encapsulates my thoughts of authenticity um, I, I've shared this book with a number of people and certainly shared excerpts from it. But so Ron Kitchens is a fellow economic developer. He's up in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And uh, in his book, Uniquely You, he claims that, uh, that we are the CEOs of our own companies, Me, Inc. To be in business today, our most important job is to be a head marketer for a brand called You. Ron goes on to write that today's economy requires leaders who understand their personal brand is a direct reflection on their organization and influences people's willingness to engage with the leader and their product, their service, church, or organization. Before choosing to join your tribe, customers want to know your organization's leaders and they want to know their values. And you're not just defined by your job title or your job description. It's up to you how and where you are presented and how you present yourself, you know, and that's, that's one of the things that are, that's so important about our video is um, it's not just a message and it's not just a captivating story, but it's about the people. And obviously it's about the companies and, but it's gotta be about the leaders of those, those companies. It's gotta be about the people in those companies. And, you know, if these companies are out doing uh, things that they shouldn't, 
then when I go out to tell these stories, uh, that falls on deaf ears. And it's kind of the same thing for us uh, professionals and certainly young professionals, uh, emerging professionals in your field. You know, people will connect with you. And so uh, if, if your company is going to succeed, they're going to be looking to the employees. They're going to be looking to the leadership. They're going to be looking to everyone else uh, who works for that company to make sure that they want to do business with the people and then they do business with the company. Uh, so that's that's a, something I want you to remember. Um, you know, and, and, and in saying that, in both in claiming these audacious claims and making these audacious statements, in the messages that we put out as marketing, as the messages that we put out uh, from our own personal social media accounts or just our own personal vibe, whatever uh, that may look like, you can't just say those things and you can't just craft those things and you can't just um, put out an image that, that you want people to think you have. You've actually got to do it. You've got to live it and it's got to be authentic and you can't fake authenticity. You know, uh, if you're going to make this audacious claim, um, you have to be truly be the CEO of, of your own company of me Inc. and you have to truly be authentic because it's those little things that kill authenticity. You know, you, ha you have to be authentic through and through in everything you do. Uh, this flag is a perfect example. You know, how much does this actually say about America and USA and uh, how many of the flags did we just see on the 4th of July that were made in China and Taiwan and wherever else, you know? It's people notice those things. And every time they see one of these, um, just little snippets of fake or put on or showmanship, or whatever it may be on your personal image, on your company's image, those things add up. And so people will stop doing business with people they don't believe in. And so that that's a um, message you don't want to send. So um, thank you for letting me be a part of today. I've got a couple more things I want to tell you. Certainly want to get to some questions, but few things I, I, I want to leave you with, you know, be proud of the work you do, uh, pour yourself into it, make it a part of who you are and uh, promote it like you own it. Even if you're not the CEO. Um, and if you're not in a job you love, find what it is, even if it's not the title you love, but it, find what you're passionate about and go after it. You know, life is too short not to be uh, joyful in all you do. And uh, just because you're not, um, happy today doesn't mean there's not something out there that can make you happy and make you uh, successful and, and you can feel the need uh, both for yourself and for others because your communities and our, our state needs it. So um, before I get into the, my final thoughts, uh, I can't see my screen anymore. So I want to, uh, I can't see my Zoom video. Craig, is there, are there any questions or anything I can fill I can answer? Yeah, if anybody has any questions, feel free to shoot them into the chat. We do have one, Larkin. Um, so, wondering if, how did uh, Cleta and uh, the marketing group and everything come up with the tagline specifically, we make good stuff? So, why why good over great? Uh, you know, that that's a good question. So, we, we looked at a lot of different things, um, threw around a lot of different ideas, had some other taglines. Um and it really just came came down to how it rolled off the tongue. Um, and, and so we just like, we make good stuff a little bit better. 
uh, we make great stuff is is true. Um, uh, we do make a lot of really good stuff. We make a lot of really unique stuff. Uh, and we also felt that um, we can take this, we make good stuff tag, and we're going to change it a little bit. Um, you know, in the future, you may see we make good people. We educate good people. Uh, we make good um we can actually take it down into uh, specific lines when we get down into our makers and our artisans and our craftspeople, uh, which we want to do some of because we we have a uh, maker's trail that we're setting up throughout Central Louisiana where you can actually go and see some of the artisans make their wares uh, firsthand. And so just felt like it gave us more leverage to do different things with in the future. So it's just kind of a launching point to a potential future marketing. Right, right. Okay. Anybody have any other questions, feel free to put them in the chat. I feel free to uh, continue with your uh, final thoughts. Okay. Well, so, so um, Laura didn't ask me to do this, Maggie didn't ask me to do this, but I thought I'd, I'd take the opportunity since I had some time. And just thinking about my career, and of course my career's changed um, from where I first started uh, when I got out of school. Um, you know, I, I was actually in IT and web design. And that was a great career, it was a great field, um, was very capable of doing it. Um, but it was one of those things, I went to work every day and I did my job, but it just didn't give me any fulfilling meaning really. And so um, it wasn't, I think I was out of, out of school about six years before I grew up and figured out what I wanted to do, which was uh, community and economic development and uh, really investing in communities and uh, changing lives of people. Um, you know, I, my son asked me to come to one of those, uh, bring your, bring your parent to work day. And, uh, this was when he was little kindergarten, first grade. And, uh, you know, how do you tell a bunch of first graders what economic development is? And so, um, you know, I had to think about it and the answer that I came up with and what I truly believe is I go to work every day, uh, and put my best in so that mamas and daddies can go to work every day so that they can put food on the table and they can feed their families and they can give their kids a better opportunity and better life. And so that's where I want to spend my time. That's where my passion is, is making things better for others. And so um, just thinking about all of that and my journey from IT, was in the fire service for, for 12 years, um, you know, economic community development and just the different things that I've done throughout the years, uh, I put together just some of the, the thoughts that I have um, about young professionals, young in the professional and how we move forward. And so I want to share those with you. So, um, you know, the first one I'll tell you is, is and, and this, this wording came from Ron's book about find your own personal board of directors, but it's something we've all heard, you know, find, um, you know, five, eight, 10 people who will be honest with you, who will tell you, what they think about you and what you're doing. Um, find people that you want to emulate and what, you know, people you admire, people you want to be when you grow up and talk to them, make appointments to go see them regularly, have lunch with them. I actually had one with mine yesterday. Um, a guy that I really enjoy uh, his, I, I enjoy the way he leads his life, but I enjoy the way he runs his company. And so he and I meet on a regular basis. And so we just talk. Um, I tell him, you know, my hopes and dreams about what I want to do. And, uh, you know, we walk, walk through how to get there. 
So, you know, find those people who are going to help you achieve the things you need to need to know and the things you want to achieve in your life. Um, if you don't know what that is, uh, find people who help you figure it out. Um, because there are a number of people who are glad to help people, especially people who are just getting started in their field. Um, glad to help you get, do that. And it doesn't have to be a direct boss or, you know, somebody you directly uh, report to or things like that. There are people out um, in the community who can help you in any way. So the second one is, <laughs> I was, like I said, I was in the fire service. And so um, had a captain one time, we were going into a, a burning building and uh, this was my, my first fire with this guy. And, uh, you know, we walked in or we, we were on our knees, we were about to open the door. And he said, look, son, he said, there's no I in team, but there's an M and E. And if you burn me, I'm going to burn you. And so it, it really stuck with me. And what he was meaning was, you know, that we are a team and we're together, but that, that we also have to take care of our own selves. We have to be smart. You know, one of the first things that you learn on the fire service uh, going into fires is that if you get hurt, if you go down in a building, if you can, if you're in a position where you can't do your job and, can, and can't function, not only are you not able to help somebody, but now you've taken resources away to, to come find you that could have saved somebody else's life. And so you have to take care of yourself first. And so you put that in, in, a, um, in a working environment. And the way that works is if you're not doing your job, if you're letting things slide, if you're letting things fall, somebody else on your team, somebody else in your company is gonna to have to pick up the slack because the company can't stop doing what it's doing because its members are not pulling their weight. And eventually that's gonna come back to, to bite you because uh, you know if you do it long enough, you're gonna get let go, but do your job and don't make other folks have to cover for you. You know, every now and then is fine, but, but make sure that you're pulling your weight so that the company moves forward together. Same thing in the community, make sure you're pulling your weight so that the community moves forward together. Uh, this next one, uh, stuff rolls uphill, not down. I learned this um, as I, I started uh, having people report to me and having people under me. And, uh, you know, one of the things uh, I learned this also, uh, again, in the fire service, but, you know, it's okay for you to gripe and complain to your superiors and say, I wish this was better. I wish that was better. But when you turn that around and you complain to somebody that reports to you or somebody that looks up to you, you really kind of create this distinction in the ranks of, well, I don't have to do it because my manager doesn't do it, or I don't have to do it because this person above me doesn't have to do it. And um, it really makes a tentious situation in a working environment. And so, um, you know, it's okay, again, to, to go to those mentors and those people above you and, you know, to say, I'm having a hard time dealing with this situation or this person or why we're doing this policy. It doesn't make sense to me. Explain it to me and kind of vent to them and gripe to them and work it up. But don't push that down to anybody below you. If they have complaints, they bring them to you, but you never push them down. Um, you know, number four, do your job. Um, in today's society, it's hard for us not to want instant gratification and instant feedback and to, to want the likes and to want the accolades and to want um, people to tell us that we're doing a good job and, and those kinds of things. That's just kind of the way our society has evolved to where we're all the time getting this positive feedback. 
you know, that's, uh, you, you read books and they say that that's one of the, the key things to Facebook and the, the notification buttons is that you're, you're wanting that, that instant feedback that you have a like, or you have a comment or things like that. And so, you know, if you're doing your job, if you're doing a, a, your good job, if you're going above and beyond, um, it may not be instant, but people will notice. And, and it, you will be amazed by the number of people who may not even report to you, but the number of people who notice that you're pulling your weight and all the things you're doing. And it'll, it'll come back to you eventually and people will comment on, on what a good job you do and how reliable you are and how trustworthy you are with projects. And you'll get more projects and you'll be uh, entrusted with more things. So just do your job, pull your weight. Uh, the, the last one, never stop learning. Um, that's one of the biggest things, even for, I'm not a big physical book reader. Uh, I read books like crazy. I probably go through uh, several books a month. I've got several books that I am reading at multiple times. Um, you know, good reads is great for me. Audible is great for me because when I travel, and I'm driving, I, I usually listen to books and I usually finish books in two or three drives. So um, find books that you, you like, uh, find things that, that you don't know about because it really enhances you. And, and on that, I'll give you a couple of my top books that I really like to recommend to people. Obviously, um, you know, Never Eat Alone is a great book for young professionals. Uh, I, I picked this up and read it a long time ago. Uh, it's been several years since I've read it, but one of the best things that I, that I picked up out of this book, and I use it all the time, and so when I go to conferences now, I will uh, befriend the organizers, and if they don't do this for everybody, I make sure that, that I find a way to get them to do it for me, is I get uh, an advanced copy of the registry uh, of the attendees, and so I go through that, and I look at, okay, who are the speakers, who are people in the audience that I want to get to know better, or I want to, you know, understand their business better or want to understand something about um, who they are and why they do certain things. And so I take that list and I put marks by it. And either I intentionally ahead of the conference go out and try to meet those people and say, hey, let's set up time to grab a beer, grab some coffee, or let's just find time to talk. Or I find a way that if, if I've got key people that I want to talk to, I find a way to sit at their table at lunches or breakouts or whatever, just so we can kind of get together and learn. Um, and I can learn from them. Obviously, I'll tell you, Uniquely Use is a great book. I really enjoyed it. It sent it to a bunch of people. It's been a great book uh, and a great read. Um, Ron's done a good job with that. Um, Power of Moments is a good book. You know, it, it's weird how you can set the stage and you can have the right actors and you can have all, you know, everything aligned perfectly and nothing happens. There's no spark there. And then, you know, there are other times where just by happenstance, um, an idea comes and it explodes like wildfire. And so that's kind of really what it, the power of moments explores is how do you make, how do you intentionally make those two things happen where you have the right players, but you also have that spark and that inspiration. So that's a good book. Good to great's always been a, a good read. Um, Jim Collins does a great job. Um, Lynchpin is a great book. Um, when I came to Cleta, I was actually handed a copy of Lynchpin and was told, this is our employee manual, learn it and read it and live it. And so what it's about is being indispensable. If you can't find a reason in your job and in your career and in your field that, you know, you're the linchpin, you're the one who knows the most, you're the one that they can't replace you with, um, then you're in the wrong field. Uh, and so 
Uh, we've all heard the story, you know, today's Wednesday. Uh, if you got hit by a bus today, uh, your job would probably be on the market by Monday and they'd probably have you replaced by two Fridays from then. So um, we're all on some level indispensable, but be the person that if you have to be replaced, it takes a lot of deliber deliberation and a lot of thought of why you shouldn't be the one to be replaced first. Um, two books on authenticity. Uh, Town Inc. is a great book. Uh, Andrew did a good job. Um, you know, another great book for me that I read last year is Dispatches from Pluto. Um, I'm from the Mississippi Delta, so I, I knew a lot of the towns. I knew a lot of the places, so it was a fun, entertaining read for me. But it, the premise of the book, uh, Richard Grant, he's a, he's a guy from uh, London. He was living in New York. He was a writer living in New York with his girlfriend at the time. And uh, he was kind of burnt out and he was kind of uh, weary in his job and he was looking just for meaning in what he did. And so he got the opportunity to go and write about the Mississippi Delta and just this weird eccentric place, uh, which is not unlike the places of Louisiana and the people of Louisiana. And so just these just amazingly great characters pop off the book. And it's, you know, it's a great read because it's this guy who's, um, He's a British guy, doesn't understand the culture, but really gets involved in it, wrapped up in it, and just uh, um, uh, embraced by the community. And so I, it's just a fun read to learn about authentic people and their stories and how they all come together. Um, that's really uh, all I've got on those. Um, my screen is has, uh, locked up. Um, Craig, do we have any anything else? Any Anything I can answer uh no i don't I, no other questions have come in uh, so uh i guess we'll just end it there a little early then we were we were shooting for less than an hour anyway all right <laughs> there we go <laughs> well okay. guys i really appreciate the opportunity i mean if there's anything i can answer or if y'all have any questions after just let me know um like I say, Lauren, them's got my contact info. Kelly's got, got it. She knows how to find me. So certainly glad to be a part of this and do this. Well, uh, thank you again, Larkin. We really appreciate you taking the time to teach us something new today. Um, and even taking the time to even add your comments there at the end. That was really good. Uh, everyone, please don't forget about your bingo cards, and we will see you all at the next breakout session tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., the Passions Project panel. And so we will see you all then. Thank you. Have a good day.